Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It is time now for The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. And we really do need to look at The Bigger Picture. We've got a Jackson Hole preview uh, that you're giving us in just a bit. But looking back on what we're inheriting, a bit of a rebound overnight. Having said that, the messaging we're getting right now seems to be, hold your horses, wait and see. Yeah, if you look at the numbers, it's not really strong moves if you look at how... It was pretty much broad-based and just a move of 0.2%, for example, for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The S&P 500 was just up by 0.3% and the Nasdaq Composite up by 0.4%, suggesting not a lot of conviction behind Mm. the action overnight on Wall Street. And that suggests that maybe investors just are holding back and taking a bit of a wait-and-see approach towards the coming data and what's to come in the week ahead. So we've got the Jackson Hole Symposium. And of course, in focus will be the Fed Chair Jerome Powell, uh, where he is going to be making a speech where he might or might not double down on his hawkish stunts. Now, let's get a bigger picture from Steve Bryce. He is the Group Chief Investment Officer for Standard Chartered Bank. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Hey, Steve, lots for us to navigate. And let's start first with the Jackson Hole Symposium, right? You've got a lot of data leading up to it. Just earlier this week, we had some signs of US growth moderating, the PMI numbers, um, not looking too great. Another drop, for example, for the manufacturing PMI to 51.3, the composite PMI slumping to 45. Walk us through the backdrop to the Jackson Hole Symposium. What's the data pointing to and what the Fed is likely to say? Well, I think their focus is still on the inflation front. You know, there's a lot of actually, if you're forward-looking indicators, suggest that inflation's going to peak out as we see supply-side constraints. Obviously, oil prices are lower as well um, as they ease. But at the moment, obviously, we're still seeing very, very high levels of inflation. And I think the Fed is really blinkered and very focused on that at the moment. So I'm not sure we're going to see a huge pivot coming from the Fed during the, uh, at the Jackson Hole this week. I think they're still going to be looking at uh, 50 to 75 basis points hike at the next meeting, regardless of the weakness that we're seeing in, in the economic data coming through. I mean, we had obviously um, housing data out overnight mm. last night as well, and that was pretty weak as well. So it's a good case in our opinion to say, look, we've seen a massive tightening of financial conditions in the US. The economy is already weakening. Why don't we hold off? But the Fed just doesn't seem to be taking any notice of that at the moment, just focusing on the politicization of inflation. uh, And that means rates are still going to go higher from here. Yeah, Steve, what will markets do in the reaction to just the symposium? Because we've seen them bounce back to some extent and people are saying it's a bear market of sorts and we might be in for more pain ahead. What's your reading of how things might play out for the US markets at least? Yeah, so in our weekly report last week, we were sort of obviously looking at the rally uh, and we characterised it as a bear market rally rather than the start of something more significant. So um, we were actually advising clients to sort of move out of US equities at the end of last week and and, and switch into sort of more undervalued areas. And we can obviously talk about that because China is is a major piece of that for us. But we felt that the US market was uh, too extended Mm. and there's still too much bad news on the economic front still to come out for us to be piling in here. Yeah, so if you're overexposed to U.S. equities, maybe take some profits and rebalance it elsewhere to Asia? Yes, correct. That's, it. That's exactly right. And obviously, you know, the data and, and, and the performance of the market in Asia hasn't been perfect recently, right? Mm. So we've seen some significant weakness coming through 
in, in Asia, including China. You know, obviously, the challenges we're seeing as far as the uh, energy situation or electricity generation situation is in China and you know, rolling lockdowns, if you like, you know, from a COVID, uh, zero COVID stance uh, policy perspective as well. That is clearly being a, a challenge for the Chinese market. But we do believe we're starting to see more and more signs that the Chinese authorities are getting concerned about the economy and that they want to back that up with action. Obviously, we've had some rate cuts coming through. Mm. And now we've got news, as you mentioned, about this 19-point plan. Obviously, we need more detail yeah. to see how significant that is. But that should lead an undervalued market to outperform on the 12-month view, in our opinion. Yeah, Joe Biden, of course, is doing what he can to address all these cost of living pressures. One mm-hmm. of them, of course, is the Inflation Reduction Act. And overnight, he also forgave $10,000 in terms of student debt for millions of Americans. But there's been some debate over whether that's going to be actually increasing inflation because that means more people are spending power and they could actually just see inflation rise as a result of the extra spending power. And then there's a question of, will they have to tax more people to make up for a shortfall? Uh, What's your reading of how this will play out when it comes to inflation in the US? Are we anywhere near peak inflation yet? So, I mean, let's just deal with the measure yesterday, right? So overnight, that obviously is stimulatory to some degree. I don't think it's going to be the dominant feature I think there's some estimates out there saying it might increase inflation by 0.2% when you're talking about inflation at 9%. It doesn't really matter, mm. right? So, so I don't think it's going to be a massive factor. Um, we do see this supply side pressures easing, so that should you know, cap inflation to some degree and bring it lower. There is a, a lot of people sort of pointing towards this, you know, whether the demand side inflation can take over and that can also be a bit more insidious because it can be longer term in nature. And I think that's probably what the Fed is worried about is saying that, yes, in theory, supply side inflation, we shouldn't necessarily react to. But there is this fear that it becomes entrenched and that's what they're trying to batten down. Our view is that inflation is going to come down quite significantly over the next 12 months. You know, whether it comes down below the 3 to 4% range is a key question. I think, you know, for now, that's a bold call. There's still quite a lot of inflationary pressures coming through, wage inflation as well, of course. Um, so, yes, it's coming down. That should, you know, be a positive, but we're not getting back to 2% inflation, we believe, for a long time to come. Yeah, lots of moving parts for us to track. Uh, we've been having yeah. Steve Bryce with us. He is the Group Chief Investment Officer for Senate Chartered Bank. Steve, great conversation, and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you so much, sir. You take care. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.